0: Good morning, Katiana. Today, a bit of a heavy subject. Are you ready? Ooh. Yes, I am. Let's do this. Okay. So let's talk about grief and loss. So what is grief to a child?
1: Uh, I think that grief and death is probably the most complicated thing to explain to a child. Um, I think that it's something that very young brains are not yet able to process. I think I've made this reference before. It's like you know, the, it's like a too, it's a too advanced app that needs to go into an outdated iOS. Like it just doesn't. It's not something that they fully mm. comprehend. Um, so I think that it is it is very very difficult to explain and therefore very difficult to predict. So there are some children who almost don't register it, right? So when there's a when there's a death in the family, they kind of don't really respond the way that we would expect. They they kind of almost accept it a lot easier. Wait,
2: they they accept the death part though.
1: They kind of, yeah, they kind of, they're able to kind of go like, oh, it's like they've gone on vacation, you know, so they oh, kind of like right. they're able to kind of brush it off. Whereas you see all the adults kind of processing what this implies. Um, there are some cases where kids don't really react the same way. They almost seem um, very, very accepting of it. Um, and then it kind of comes up later on when they don't understand that these these individuals are not coming back. um so it's very difficult to predict how a child is going to react. Uh, even if you explain it as best as you can, they mm-hmm. might not fully understand what you're trying to say because, again, language and comprehension might be an in, it might be a barrier if you're dealing with younger children, right? Um, and so I think that it is a very very difficult concept, and very likely that those who are still around will need to kind of revisit the issue over and over again at some point uh, as they as they age. But yeah, is that because
2: we? It- in a society where it's too hunky-dory, where it's just, you know, like, I'm sorry to bring this up, but would a kid in a war-torn country understand grief a lot more compared to us? Well,
1: well, there is a bit of research actually that came out where they studied the prevalence of, um, not to say grief, but more just like depression in um, in the refugee community and kids who had left war-torn countries. And they actually found that the prevalence rate is lower than Mm. developed countries right or kids who had never experienced and i think it goes back to the whole resiliency argument Mm. um because loss is such a common concept um i think that possibly once i mean like with anything the more you expose yourself to it the more desensitized you become right right. but i think that you know in you know the first time it happens or the first few times it happens it really does shake children to their core i mean it, it shakes us to our core right and we have kids who don't really fully understand that especially when the person who's passed on is someone very close to them um so it is something that is that is um really difficult for them to to comprehend um but yeah but oftentimes very very unpredictable in how they respond to it so i always tell those who are having these conversations to take the child's lead Mm. um because it's very possible that they might have they're like okay you know, they might kind of be okay with how they're handling it. And if mm-hmm. we are grieving in a more severe form, we go, no, you know, you don't understand. And we kind of like push that sadness onto them because right. we're expecting sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I usually say, take the child's lead, you know. and they might kind of actually
2: emotional. just be okay.
1: Yeah, they might just be okay. So I actually have a story about this family. So it wasn't really a child. It was, but it was um, the child in question uh, was on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. So emotional development was a bit, behind right for his age um and mom had been been ill with cancer for a few years and the family was very concerned about how to bring up the topic um and so unfortunately when it got to sort of the the end stages and the doctors had brought the family in everybody was just so concerned about how he would take it because he was very close to to his mom um and he was he took it so calmly and he basically just looked to the family and said you know, mom's going to sleep now, you know, and he's, and he just kind of processed it as mom's going to sleep. She's not going to be in pain. He didn't really respond to that in the same way that everybody else was responding to it. And so I told the family, let him lead, right. Let him kind of, if he comes to you with questions, deal with it as it comes, because the worst thing you can do right now is to tell him he needs to be upset that he needs to be processing this in the same way. Um, so, yeah, so it's very, very hard to predict how they're going to react. Mm. Is there
0: any sort of, I guess, um, more generalized guidelines in terms of how um, it differs uh, mm. grief affecting adults versus mm. kids?
1: I think just more just how it, what it means, right? Mm. I think that we are able to process kind of what the implications of death are. Um, but a lot of kids don't, right, because they don't really see the, the whole, like, they don't really get the whole concept of dying and never coming back. Um, so I think those implications are the bit that's the hardest because I've seen, I've had conversations with kids who just don't understand why they're not coming back and why they can't go see these people because they look at it like a vacation, right. right? They look at it as, you know, you're kind of leaving and you're not, and, uh, you know, but we can see you later, that kind of thing uh, with a lot mm-hmm. of the little ones. So I think that that's the part that that's different, right? Um I also think that um, yeah, it's you know they, we talked we've probably heard about the seven stages of grief and things like that. Although mm. that isn't a linear thing, I must say. Yes, people cycle through those seven stages back and forth. It's not. Or you a mean, very... the
2: denial, the acceptance, that yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like there are going to be days where you're angry, and there are days that you're going to be more understanding. Yeah, that pet agrees. <laughs> he agrees with the anger. Um, you know, and so I think that you know, with regards to kids, excuse me. um, with regards to kids like they do cycle through those things just in a very very different way so how they're processing it is very different
0: okay so let's talk about those different ways because you know initially they may be okay but as Mm. you say take their lead Mm. so what are some of the signs that our Mm. kids are going through grief and loss
1: Mm. very similar to what we're going through just maybe not in the same ways right so for example we look for changes it's always a really good starting point when it comes to kids look for changes um look for things like you know dif- uh, difficulty sleeping changes in eating patterns changes in play patterns um you know you know, if they're avoiding certain things, right, if they're doing certain things that are atypical to what they would normally do, that's a huge, us- that's usually a really good first indicator that they're struggling with processing what's happened. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I would look out for, you know, cause it's very unlikely that your child will approach you or the child will approach you and kind of have you sit down and explain things to them in that way. Um, so usually it comes out with behaviors or things like, you know, not being able to function in school, you know, starting fights with other kids, um, you know, and, 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 kind of in, in that direction. Right. So mm-hmm. I've got, I've got one child that I'm working with at the moment. Um, she'd experienced the loss of her father probably a year and a half now. So fairly long while. Um, And then you're seeing all these behaviors come up where on the heels of COVID, she's extremely concerned about people getting sick Mm -hmm. because she's worried that she's going to lose someone like she did her dad. Um, So, you know, a year over later where everyone has kind of fully processed what's happened with, with the loss of their father. Um, So it's, it's just changes in behavior is a good place to start.
0: Okay. How important is it um, for our child to, grieve the loss of a parent or loved one Mm
1: -hmm. i think it's all important i mean for us and for our kids to be able to process grief uh, but in our own ways right Mm -hmm. um some kids would i think the worst thing you can do is to tell a child that they can't right they shouldn't right. be sad mm-hmm. I, that's something I've actually heard some some adults use in front of kids is that they should so think cry. it's
0: kind right don't, don't cry it'll be okay kind yeah, of yeah
1: yeah I've actually had some I've actually heard some people say like um, you know don't cry for uh, for the person who's gone because if you cry it makes them cry
2: right oh. or if you cry
1: it's bad for them
2: right. so
1: I, I can understand sort of how that came about but i think that what it does is that it encourages children to feel like they can't really embrace their emotions and that they shouldn't mm-hmm. and that feeling sad is bad mm. that there's something wrong with them that they should not feel sad um because obviously if we're the adults and you know caring for them we're not necessarily going to be portraying that grief um yeah. So if we're communicating to them that they can't, I think that's the worst thing you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel it's super important for you to be able to set the tone for kids that they're allowed to feel whatever they feel, that crying is fine, um, that, you know, having days where you want to honour them is fine. You know, you kind of have to set that tone
2: Mm.
1: with your kids. Is is
0: there a point when you... Uh, should be concerned mm-hmm. if they you know you think that they're not processing it or not going yeah. through grief in their own way
1: um I think that when they when they talk about the person in the present, right? because I've seen cases of that where they kind of seem okay, but then they really do feel like these people have gone on a vacation and they talk about like, oh, when so and so comes back, right? So when you see kind of this this pattern that they haven't fully comprehended the implications of this of the loss, um, that's probably where we have to keep an eye out and maybe find a way to address the issue soon because they ha- it means that they haven't fully comprehended that this is a permanent situation because um, that can make things very difficult for them as they get older. Um, the other thing also is, yeah, if you're starting to see a lot of behavioral issues, that's really common, especially in teenagers, um, where you will start seeing a lot of, um. Uh, you know, I've had cases where my clients are constantly getting into trouble at school. They're mm-hmm. picking fights with people because they don't, they, they want to get that emotion out. They don't know how. And right. so they start altercations so and they become Lashing very out, combative. Basically. Yes, they lash out in order to find an avenue to cope with that. Um, and so that's where I would probably need to that's interpret. easier if
2: your kid is generally a very good kid and then very silent in any way right? but then yeah right okay
1: but if your kid is generally very challenging um, you know it might be harder to spot but just I, that's why I say that the, the, the benchmark is changes in their usual behavior.
2: right right okay okay right. so if they suddenly yeah. get to be really nice and everything
1: <laughs> probably yeah, black, right. probably the one time you should be worried I if know, your child right? is really nice
2: yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um let's talk about the effect of grief on the mental health uh or, or emotional development of our child.
1: Mm. Grief is bad for everyone, right? Um if you Wait, don't you
2: say grief is bad?
1: It's bad. I mean grief, the impact of grief right, right, is okay. bad for everyone, right? I think if you don't um if you don't grieve appropriately, the risk of you developing um you know, more severe or more serious mental health issues is is across the board, right? Um, but I think with children, I and mean, if we look at grief being sort of an extension of trauma, because you have lost someone, mm-hmm. um, and trauma does change the circuitry of the brain, it does change the way that our brain kind of builds certain connections. Um, and so, you know, but it happens to it happens to adults as well. But I think just because the child brain doing all this growing and all this, you know, sort of Unutilized neurons doing all its things. Mm -hmm. I think the impact of trauma um, on children is is pretty significant. I would say even probably more significant than it is on the, on the adult that's going through it. Mm. Um, So I think that when you don't address trauma, right. When you don't give children a healthy way to cope, when you're not making it something that they can communicate about and work through, then the impact of it could be lasting. And you'd see maybe issues with regard to bonding in the future, they might be too afraid to develop healthy relationships out of fear of being abandoned via death. Right. Mm. You might see people become like, like my client, overly concerned about, um, other people's health other, Their own health Out of fear of that Being an issue um, mm-hmm. I've seen some kids Who were terrified Of their family members Getting into a car Or a plane Because that was how They lost someone So you know This is something That could impact How they view The rest of their life Right, right? So so it's important Like with any trauma To kind of get mm-hmm. that addressed It's almost
2: like PTSD In a way
1: it is very much so, very much so. Especially if it's someone that is very close to you, because it is PTSD. You're losing someone who is a central figure in your life or a big part of your life. Um, you off, you know, if you've got no warning, right? It's even worse. So I think that it's something that is really damaging on kids. If we don't, um, if we don't allow them to work through it, if we practice this way of don't speak about it, just get over it. This is the way of the world. This is the way life is, and we mm. kind of put them into that box. Um, it. it can it really has some damaging side
2: effects. Yeah. So the people who are, like, they don't know how to grieve in adulthood. Probably yeah. they didn't, something happened in their childhood that something happened to them they didn't know how to grieve then and they just carried on all the way till adulthood
1: and it won't just be grief right if we're setting the tone that like the the grief is you know the loss of a loved one is the most devastating thing that you can experience in your lifetime and if you're not being given the opportunity to process that how much permission are you going to give yourself to process the little things Mm right so just breakups and disappointment and losing a job and things like that which might not on the scale of trauma if we're going to be doing that might not be as severe but if you're saying that the uh, the worst possible thing that could happen losing someone in your family you're not allowed to process or you're not allowed to cope with in the healthy way you're not going to give yourself permission to do the rest you know so it sets a tone yeah
0: right wow Okay, Uh, stop examining self, Ash, and move on.
2: Um, (laughs) Are you doing that as well? Yeah, me too, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: Um, I saw your face and I went, oh yeah, (laughs) gulp. Jenna. in your experience, you know, um, at what age is appropriate to start discussing Mm. death with our Mm. children?
1: Mm. I think, you know, it, it depends on the situation, right? So if you're, I would say, you know, reserve it till the child is old enough to kind of understand <clears throat> these complex conversations, I would say probably like primary years and above, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but generally families don't address it unless they have to. So if someone is taken very ill um, or there has been a death in the family, that's usually where these conversations start. Wow. Um, I know that there was a lot of conversations um about death around the time when there's been like major tragedies. So, like, you know, you know plane crashes and, mm-hmm. you know, all these major incidences, that's where parents have used that opportunity to kind of talk about death because it's something that's a topic that's being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes that's usually when it happens. So I would say kind of, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough that death and grief is something that you've been spared from for, you know, your child's early years, I would probably wait until they're in high they're in high primary school mm-hmm. um, or the upper primary to start, kind of bringing it out because it is a difficult topic for them to understand, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, I wouldn't kind of like want to put our toddlers through that conversation just for the fun of it, right? But if it's something that is impending, if there is a death that is imminent or that's something that's happened recently, um, then I would probably need to address it, but I would be very gentle with how I started. Yeah. But
2: um, having, let's say having a pet, does that help? Because pets mm-hmm. generally, some live for three years, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, sometimes when a child is born into a family, Mm. the mom and dad probably had a dog before then or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the dog is probably old. Is that a good way to kind of...
1: I I have seen parents do that. I have seen parents say that they want to get pets so that the kids can be taught the concept of grief. uh, Yeah. uh,
2: Death in general, I, I suppose.
1: Death in general. I I, mm. I don't want to say that it is, uh, that it is a, a, a gentler way of talking about grief because I, as somebody who's lost pets, it's like losing yes. a family yeah, member. It is. It's brutal. heartbreaking. It's, brutal. Yeah. it's yeah. the same level, right? Mm. So, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I think that if you have a pet, that could be a way to kind of start the conversation. Um, you know, although I wish all pets outlive us, but mm. um, that doesn't <laughs> usually happen. So my,
0: my mom was very interesting because, you know, the the concept of death came up because we talked about life cycles of things, just like plants and stuff. So that was like a very gentle way to sort of, when you started realizing there was a life cycle and seasons and things change. Yeah. You know, looking back, I think okay, that was that was prepping me. No, that's a, a good
1: that's a good way to look mm-hmm. at it, right? So I Priming mean, you don't have. You,
2: to, right? Yeah, so
1: there's a lot of like ways that people can do it. There's a lot of books as well now written for kids, so there's sort of like um, uh, social stories that actually talk about death and grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could start with things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then talking about um, concepts that might not be too close to home. So you could talk about you know certain like butterflies or certain like insects or you know things sort of outside that doesn't really talk about yeah. people and like your mom did kind of talking about concepts of of cycles life cycles and death um i think that's a really good way to start the conversation cockroaches yeah.
2: we're not like them they live forever so yeah exactly they die. never die yeah, and we, yeah.
0: They, they never die and we can't kill them exactly. um, yeah yeah but okay most times you know uh great loss affects both parent and child so you know kachina what's your advice to parents who are grieving with their child Mm, especially mm. at these times now yeah
1: Mm. you know your child's going to need you more than ever and even though you are going through your own grief it's important to recognize that they are looking to you as to how to respond right and so you know Make sure that they recognize that processing that grief and experiencing that grief is healthy, right? That it is it is expected and required for you to be sad. Talk about how it's okay to be sad. Talk about how it's okay to miss them, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually said to some of my clients, I said, the days that you miss them and the days that you cry about them are the days that you honor them, are the days mm-hmm. that you give to them right? So talking about that as a, as a, as a healthy thing, that it's okay. We're not asking you to kind of stomach it in. Right. Um, but for the more kind of like, um, sort of severe responses. Like I've seen some parents who got super angry um, if the circumstances yeah, yeah. Were, were as such Try um, to kind, kind of shield. Yeah. Shield your child from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because again, they are learning from you um, what that would be. So I've seen cases where parents have gotten really upset and they've, you know, yelled at the doctors or they've, you know, sued the hospital or done sort of these types of things and the kids are watching. Right. And so, I would say if you're going through, you know, mutual grief, um, it's important to be able to show your child what is acceptable, right, and kind of hiding the, hiding the stuff that, you know, you you feel is a little bit too intense or a little bit more atypical um, from your child's view. But I think setting the tonia yeah, is very important.
2: I was watching this um Rio Ferdinand, very famous mm. Man United footballer. And now he's a... Mm. He He lost his wife to cancer and he's got... Now yeah. he said that he's he has to be mom and dad to his kids, right? So yeah. he's very open about trying to help other people as well. And he's always worried about... Because he, he openly grieves and cries. And then he says yes. his daughter is fine. Yes. But he's so worried about the boys.
1: The boys, yeah. I saw the bits of this as well. Right. And it's like, you know, because I think... There's again so much of that stigma about how boys are not yeah. supposed to cry, and you know there's so much of that, and he was worried about, and and absolutely true, right? And and so I, I talk to parents about this all the time. I said that showing your child that you're sad is not a bad thing, yeah, because you are showing them that that emotion is normal and that Ooh. is something that you can express, right? Um, and so I think that that's something that's that's really healthy. Right, because I mean, I've watched so many people, unfortunately, in my family who've passed on, and sort of the family members that 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 outlived them, and I've seen so many patterns of people who are who tell themselves, who condition themselves, that they're not allowed to grieve. Yeah, that yes. they are just required to brush it off and accept it, and I was like. This is this is your this is your loved one. You are going to grieve, even if you feel like on paper you shouldn't. You know, whether you like are, it or not. Yeah, whether you like <laughs> it or not. You know, yeah. um, and it's something that you should. You know, experience. And I've seen so much of that resistance to grief, which I feel is so unhealthy because not just for yourself, but also just to what type of messaging you're communicating to the children around you. Mm. So I say that grief is a process, there is no timeline, there is no expectation that you're supposed to get over something in a particular time frame you get to it when you get to it but I think that you need to be able to give yourself and your loved ones the permission to go through the stages and to go through the emotions um, with the with the hope that you come out on the other side you know, feeling a lot less every day feeling a lot, a lot less uh, burdened by that grief because um, I think just restricting it makes it a lot worse for you and for your kids.
2: I think my mom who's going through it right now I think she said it very well mm. because she said, "Missing your dad because yeah. grief is love. Yeah, if you don't feel it, yeah, it's fine. But if you do feel it, also, it doesn't mean you you you'd love them less or love them more. It's just it's just grief. But grief yeah. is love anyway, right?
1: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I think that that's something that we yeah we we should say more often. We should mm-hmm. show people that it's actually a positive. Like." i got married on my grandparents anniversary and so we share the same anniversary and so i grew up with my grandparents i'm extremely close to them and my grandfather is still around but my grandma passed away um the day that i submitted my thesis so as you know 2010 and um and even what 11 years on i i i missed her so much on that day right and i wish so much she was there and i feel that as a and i felt that as a positive i felt that as me being able to embrace or to experience the love that i have for my grandma on that day mm. um, and honoring her on that day mm. and i think people just don't look at it in that way they're just like no you know if you cry it's bad if you think you know you just yeah, yeah. so i think we need to t- change the, the tone and the language that we're mm. using about grief for sure